roads lead to Rome? Is this, our, our teaching is, uh, at least the way I perceive the teaching, it should all lead to the same thing. So all roads lead to Rome. And it seems to me where the teaching should always bring us to is the present moment and the abandonment of craving, because that's where the peace of the mind lies. And then craving is what keeps us hoodwinked or addicted to or driven by the various conditions that we experience. And actually, that's actually quite a simple thing, the sense of uh, presence to the way things are. It's actually not so complicated. But the kind of hidden agendas we have in our minds is always to see something, to get something, or to get rid of what is. So there's there's a strong sense of uh, becoming in struggle you know, observing the way things are, that we quite often don't even notice. So the the language around awareness, I was just pondering all the different words we have. We have awareness and mindfulness and satisampajanya and presence and intuitive awareness and consciousness and uh, knowing and knowing the way things are. So seeing, uh, hearing, and all these are different ways that teachers and the teaching are trying to point to. And I find, of, of all that language, I find, I find the word listening very skillful. Because a listening has, a, a, to me, a very receptive quality. It's just words. You know, the words are hopefully the finger pointing to the moon, so don't get caught in the words, don't get caught in the finger see the moon. But for me, the word listening is synonymous with the idea of being receptive. And that for me is important because my own my own practice was, probably like all of us, was in the beginning very much built upon some experiences I had already as uh, before I became a monk, which were very spiritual. And then uh, built upon ideas that exist in the texts of possibilities of attainment. Those, so those were the things I was looking for. And then on the negative aspect, there was the things I really wasn't happy about, my own conditioning, my, my fears and my prejudices and biases and all of that. So on that hand, I was just trying to uh, get rid of those. So there's this kind of struggle to find something, attain to some thing, and whatever that thing was, it certainly wasn't what I was experiencing in the present moment, which was confusion or restlessness or aversion or anger or dullness or boredom. And so that very preconceived agenda set up my practice in a way which wasn't mindful because I wasn't aware of that. I was trying to get something or get rid of something. And that tension that we have around the way things are, what we're trying to what we're trying to do is see, well, really just this is the way it is now. And w- w- where's the craving around that? Why is this a problem? Uh, and I find that the word listening uh, is a kind of allowing 
of this present moment to be to be really fully conscious so that there is awareness of the way things are and I can see the uh, the the additions that my desire mind is making around the way things are and if I have that in focus if I can see oh yeah there's the sense of trying to find something and I see that as an object then I really drop into the present moment but if I don't see this searching for an experience which I've read about or I've had or I hope I can get and hence also getting rid of something, if I don't see that struggle as an object, I become the subject of that. And so my mind is never peaceful because it's always looking for something else. So, so for me, listening has that quality of non-becoming. It's just a word. I know it's just a word. But for me, a kind of receptive, and I think those of you who've heard me teach it, I use like receptive, available, present, that kind of language be available to the present moment, attentive, receptive. And then if I can get that kind of language into the formal practice of watching the breath or whatever, then uh, that quality is always present, 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 and that settles the mind. Say something like, uh, I think very um, interesting to, to say, look at to look at how like discomfort works. I find that very, very informative. So again, I've mentioned this before, but you're, when you're sitting on a morning sitting and after some period of time, discomfort arises, right? We all get that. And that discomfort, you don't have to move, you know, it's just discomfort. And then right at that moment, what happens is there's no longer uh, necessarily just the listening to discomfort as it were, letting it be there, there's the reactivity to it, and there's the aversion to it, and the sense of, and the thought comes up, the sense of I comes up, and time comes up, and thinking comes up. And to actually use that point of discomfort arising as a way of actually deepening your mindfulness, as opposed to just not moving and, and, and pushing yourself. So you have to become conscious of the very feeling of discomfort, what is, what is discomfort like? And that's like you listen to discomfort. You, you allow it to become conscious. And, and as you allow it to become conscious, you see the difference between discomfort and the mental additions to the discomfort. There's the physical discomfort, and then there's the resistance to the discomfort, the not wanting of it. And it's not a big deal. You know, it's not a big deal. But it's very subtle, and it kind of shows you where, where the sense of self gets born through desire. So then... Discomfort becomes a way of actually deepening your presence if you have a sense of listening and allowing that to come up. But if you've got, if one is just reactive, then the, the response of, of, to physical pain or physical discomfort is just to get rid of it, and, that, and the mind just starts to think. So we use little exercises like that to actually deepen our awareness. Now, when, we, when we're on retreat, uh, and we have a lot of space, a lot of space, that quite often we can get some pretty significant garbage coming up into the mind. Moods or emotions or things like that that have, you know, maybe you haven't seen for five years or, or habits which you kind of know they were there, but now they're coming up in, in kind of in your face. And those are, those are just like the discomforts of the body. You know, they're, they're not a threat, they're not a problem. But one has to have enough um, patience to listen to them, allow them come through consciousness, 
and then they will cease but there's a resistance to them you know some old maybe some old memory of a hurt comes up and then there's the engagement with it there's a think I should engage with it there's a kind of struggle with it so so it's kind of like for me it's like you've got a you've got a two-lane highway right and all of a sudden you get this tank coming into the two-lane highway you got to kind of broaden the highway going to broaden the road, broaden the awareness to allow this thing to come through you. It can't hurt you. It can't hurt you because awareness is Teflon. You, know, you can't dent awareness. Awareness can't get scarred. Uh, emotions have scarring in them and, and memories have pleasant and unpleasant in them. So this, this capacity to, to listen to something which is quite um, disturbing or unpleasant or uninteresting is a kind of opening the mind in, in this listening receptive quality and then things go through you and as things go through you they're, they're liberated from consciousness and they're not stuck through some kind of a struggle and the mind again settles into a, a deeper sense of uh, present moment awareness a deeper sense of uh, present moment consciousness so on a retreat if negativity I'm sure no negativities are arising for you so it's probably not even a relevant talk <laughs> But just in case such things are taking place, then don't see that as, as, as like right or wrong or bad, but see it, okay, around this particular formation, and, and use, use the example of like discomfort in the body. How do I become aware of discomfort in the body? You gotta learn that, learn that. Like what is present moments with discomfort? And then when you have to move, move. But see the difference between just rigidly like forcing yourself not to move which isn't really awareness of, of discomfort, it's just a kind of control of discomfort, and actually an open uh, presence to the feeling of physical discomfort. It's a great lesson. Then, hopefully, that lesson around the physicality of our experience informs us around the more subtle and difficult and complicated negativities of our emotions and our habits and our mental habits and struggles. And then if you see, well, the same way I can work with discomfort of the physical, I can work with discomfort of the, of the uh, mental and emotional. And so you actually, you, you don't have to resist it, but you have to let it come into consciousness, but not believe in it as any kind of self-entity. And that be- brings you to that sense of objectivity. This is a, this is a sankar, it arises and ceases. And the language of, of getting to that place of, Perspective is, is always the language around change. This is uncertain. This is the formation. It's a kind of language which brings you to, to a sense of non, non-grasping and non-attachment. So for me, if I'm, if I'm you know, if there's some um, old uh, karma, shall we say, coming into mind, I, I more and more I say, just welcome it. Say, great, this is a cleansing. It's purification. And the middle way between denying that it's there, struggling with it, fighting it, and not letting it become conscious, that's one extreme. The other extreme is just indulging in thoughts, which is the other extreme. But the middle way is this full conscious awareness, listening and abiding as that, as that kind of witness of change. This is uncertain, this is arising, it's ceasing. The, very, you know, the fact that you can look at something and say, oh, this is just memory, is already a freeing perception Whereas oh, I shouldn't be thinking that way is an enslaving perception. The very, the very fact that you can say that this is uncertain 
gives you a perspective which is different than the perspective of just being attached to it. And that's 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 like all all all, all roads you know lead to Rome. They're always coming back to this this kind of um, ineffable, well, this sort of mysterious sense of presence which is always there. And 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 the more you you trust that, the more you discover the true you know the deep peace of the heart. And the conditions are always trying to fool you, and grab you, and and, and uh, spin you around in all their, their, their different ways. All right. Something to ponder. Annamiyang tamakata satukarang tatamase sadhu sadhu sadhu